Hello and welcome to another edition of the Solid Rock Minnesota podcast. It's a place to swing by for a brief moment for some stories and news and things to ponder. It's a place to take a small pause from your busy life. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or a mug of tea or a pop as we like to call it here in the North Country and kick back for a moment. Take a breather. Our 10 days in El Paso with our son and his family quickly came to an end and we needed to pack up Big Eddie and the cow and start our trek back towards our Minnesota winter, which according to all those back home is never ending. There was an expected storm crossing the upper Midwest and ready to drop a foot or more of blowing snow on Minnesota. And there was another storm behind that one that was supposed to bring ice to all the states we needed to travel through to get home. We were getting many texts from family and friends telling us to just stay south for a little while longer. After looking at the Texas map and putting into the GPS the many possibilities of getting home, eventually we finally plotted a route. It consisted of leaving El Paso and heading east to the mountains near Fort Davis and then swing south and go into the Rio Grande Valley to feel a little more warmth and sunshine. Was it a long drive from point A to point B in Texas? Yep. Texas is such a huge state. I doubt even born and raised Texans have seen all of their state. It's just that huge. While we were driving, we were very aware of how few and far in between houses are from one another and how far the homes are from any town. While I complain about my 36-mile round trip to Walmart for groceries, these people easily triple the distance to any town. It made me wonder if many of the kids living in these ranches are homeschooled. I can't fathom riding a school bus for like an hour or two every day each way. After spending a night in Fort Stockton at the Walmart parking lot with about 20 or 25 other travelers, we hopped in Big Eddie and headed one last time south towards the border. It was an out-of-the-way trip, but we decided it was worth the extra time being it was in the 80s and sunny there, and our need to not go north in the next few days into a blizzard. We've seen so many incredible sights the past few weeks while on the way to Texas, while in Texas, and on our way home. From vast desert land to hills and mountains with outcroppings that look like cathedral spirals at times. I seriously kept looking off into the distance expecting to see the Lone Ranger and Tonto riding out of the canyon. We camped at Falcon State Park near Rio Grande City on the border in Texas. It's set on a hill overlooking Falcon Lake, which is a reservoir connected to the Rio Grande River. From our campsite, we could see the Mexican shore. We could tell if anyone was swimming across. It was quite the thrill for this Canadian border, Minnesota girl. While no one swam across, the coyotes were circling the campground that night and howling a good part of the night. So there was some excitement. In the campground, when we took Max and Zoe for a walk, we met some other Minnesotans from McGregor, which is not too far from us. They had been coming to Falcon Lake for a number of years and stay for a few months at a time. I couldn't help but notice their nice boat and got the fishing report for Falcon Lake. And hearing about the platter-sized crappies and the 10-pound bass, I caught myself just about drooling for some shore lunch and hot oil to fry the fish in. I am so looking forward to this year fishing the many Minnesota waters we have. And I'm looking forward to sitting up north by a campfire, maybe playing my guitar after a long day paddling the lakes and fishing. 
and just gazing into a mesmerizing fire. So after leaving Falcon Lake, we headed over to the Rio Grande Valley and around Mission in McAllen, Texas. Near Mission, there is the last ferry from the U.S. to Mexico, and it is a man-pulled ferry. For a really cheap fee, like $2 a person and $5 for your vehicle, you can walk on or drive your car onto the ferry, and the two guys will pull the rope that's tied up across the Rio Grande River and pull you to the Mexican side. It's a sight to watch and just hard to believe that something so primitive from today's modes of transportation still exist, and probably work way better, too. It has changed quite a bit since the last time we were there a few years ago. Instead of a couple of guys pulling a ferry across and a lonely border patrol agent sitting idly in a little shack reading the newspaper, it's now a grand concrete fenced-in checkpoint like all the other entrances into the U.S., but still a man-pulled ferry. As we rounded the border and wound up our way to Corpus Christi, we realized that after about three weeks of being gone from home, we really were ready to get back to Minnesota. Even if there was another foot of snow on the ground and it's still below zero. As great as this trip had been, it's time for these Minnesotans and their canines to head north and bundle up and face the rest of winter. But three weeks out of the cold and snow was something to experience. So rather than continue up the Gulf and into Louisiana's Gulf Coast, we decided to start heading north to home three days early. We decided if we waited out the second storm, we would be stranded in rainy, cold Louisiana for an extra few days. And while still warmer than home and the foot of new blowing snow, well, we just wanted to get home. We had had such a great time at the RV park with the family and looking around El Paso. We were pretty content to call the trip successful. And after leaving them and seeing so much more of Texas, it was almost more than we could process. Again, as I said before, Texas is one gigantic state. With the most current radar and weather forecasts, we decided if we headed straight north into Oklahoma, we could get behind the blizzard hitting the plains and home and ahead of the one that was just west of us ready to drop ice and sleet all over Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. So off we headed due north up Interstate 35, keeping one eye on the weather and the other on the clock, hoping to time it all. Let the journey begin. The first evening on the way home, we drove until dark and wound up at a truck stop in the midst of a couple dozen or more 18-wheelers surrounding us with their engines running all night. I was just drifting off to sleep with the constant noise of the semis when all of a sudden a blast of a train whistle about 10 yards from us went off. I bolted up, my best half rolled over exhausted from driving and mumbled that it was just like in the movie My Cousin Vinny. I settled back into the bed and once again started to fall asleep about an hour later. Again, the train whistle went blasting its horn. All night long, every hour on the hour, a train came by. It was an interesting night trying to sleep. Fortunately, the driver is also pretty deaf and didn't hear much or even wake up through the night. We got up, fed the pups, and checked the radar and weather for the area once again and wasted no time heading north. We finally were out of never-ending Texas and into Oklahoma and Kansas. As we continued north, the weather stayed pretty stable and temps were in the 50s. I refused to get out of my shorts and flip-flops until it was actually cold once again. And as usual, I got many stares from the locals until they saw Big Eddie and the cow and saw the license plate was from Minnesota. 
Then they kind of gave me an understanding look. Our last night sleeping in the cow in Kansas brought the temps down to one above, and all night the campers shook with the intense Kansas winds. We both burrowed into the winter polar sleeping bags and stayed pretty warm. The dogs were on a sleeping bag and had two big quilts piled on them and dared not move for fear of getting cold. Since we had gone from a warm climate, they had started actually to shed their winter coats, so they were feeling the cold too. The next morning, I donned my jeans and hooded sweatshirt and polar vest and hat and hitched the dogs up to go out for a fast potty break, and we all dove into Big Eddie shivering and shaking. The wind chills were in the 10 below or colder range, and just the day before that, we were in 84 degrees and sunning ourselves as we drove along. My body can't acclimate to 90-degree temperature changes in a matter of four to five hours. We drove like crazy the last 15 hours just to get home and not have to stay in a cold camper another night. We were right between the two storms, and the roads stayed dry and clear the whole way home. We managed to pull up into the driveway about 8 p.m., only to find that the neighbor had plowed us out so we could get in with Big Eddie. And our other neighbors, who had been watching the inside and outside of our place, had left a welcome home note and a batch of fresh-baked cookies. Nothing better than Minnesota neighbors, I'll tell you. Our ventures took us about 4,000 miles across the country, and we saw great sights and got to be with the family down in El Paso and meet people from all over the areas we were in. And as I've said before, America, you are the best when we look for the best. But the last 100 miles or so home, I felt like Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. I was clicking my frozen feet saying, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Minnesota, your home sweet home to me. You've been listening to the podcast, The Solid Rock, Minnesota. We're honored and happy you've taken the time from your busy day to give us a listen. If you've enjoyed spending just a few minutes with us, please tell your family and friends to stop by and check us out. Feel free to leave a comment here and subscribe to the Solid Rock Minnesota podcast. You can also stop by and pick up a free bumper sticker. Just visit our website at www.solidrockminnesota.com. Until next time, may you be surrounded with life, laughter, family, and friends, people who truly know you. Many blessings. <laughs>